Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Kim Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program is Statehouse Happenings. Your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin this potentially award-winning show, let's meet the panelists. You know him as an author and a broadcaster and the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org, the great Abdullah Kim Shabazz. Hello. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing great. And our other panelists, the nicest guy in all of Indiana politics and government. 30 years in the Indiana Senate, never met a man who didn't smile in his direction. The great Jim Merritt, hello. How are you, Robert? I'm a, I'm a uh, an author, too. What's the name of your book? The name of my book is Passing the Torch, Preserving Indiana's Heritage, and it was published in 1998 by Gill Press. Is it still available? No, no. It, it's uh, I, I actually saw in, in um, half-price books the other day. Oh, no way. Yeah, I did. How great is that? <laughs> I took a picture of it. That's awesome. <laughs> how many? Okay, so be honest. How many of you? So it's not on Amazon. We can't get it anywhere like that. No, uh, got but, it, but the a, book I'm writing, you'll be able to get everywhere. Perfect. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, how awesome is that to stumble upon your own book that's 25 years old? I'm going to bring it to you next time. I, I love that. Yeah. I would love I'll, that. I'll bring you a book. I can't wait for that. Um, I'll give you a copy of my book, too, and then we can see whose stories are more wild and wacky. You have to sign mine. My stories probably have a lot more about beer and women in them. Uh, <laughs> well, since we're talking about books these days, I'm in the process of writing one, too, what? called Subleasing Uncle Tom's Cabin. What? No Civil way. rights in the are 21st you, century. Are you being serious? Yeah. Yeah. Mine's called Le- uh, Lessons Learned. I can't wait for all these books. Uh, hopefully, maybe... Uh, <laughs> can I'm, you I'll, find me a publisher? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do it all yourself these days, Jim. I know it. That's know. absolutely... Um, what's the name of it, Abdul? What are you calling it? Subleasing Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> Civil rights in the 21st century. It's fabulous. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's start with the mayor's debate, which was uh, Monday night. And, Abdul, I'd be curious, uh, you know, Jim and I talked about this for the segment that uh, Jim does on WIBC uh, on the Kendall Casey show. I'll, when you join us later today, I'll be curious to get your thoughts on it. But I just felt like there was no fire from either of these two guys, and it seemed like neither one of them wanted to be up there on the debate stage, Hogsett or Shreve. And it's like, why are either of you two guys running? There just didn't seem to be any passion. They both looked like deers in the in the headlight up there. I think they both uh, underperformed. I, I I do think they both underperformed. Uh, the the ums, the ahs, the filler words, just, just sort of the ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. Yeah, that that's kind of pointed. That's a that's an, a well known established communication fact. And if the nonverbal conflicts with the verbal, then people tend to believe the nonverbal. And so you could say, "Wow, I really want to be here. Wow, this is great." Well, this is wonderful. It doesn't. It doesn't quite. Oh, honey, you're home. Yay! Thank you. And Bill, if you were still running, if you were on the uh, in the general election, would you be a deer in the headlights? No, I'd be a, <laughs> I'd be a rhino in the headlights. Well, that's part of why. And we talked about this when Abdul filed long before Shreve got in and spent a gajillion dollars. And that's part of what pisses me off is it's like you had a guy who really wanted to do it and would have done a great job and would have totally put the screws to Hogshead. 
and you're going to spend how much did he spend in the primary against you? Two Abdul? million bucks. And and then you get in and you just there's no fire or no passion and you're running these ads about the the dog the dog the humane society not humane society but the uh, <clears throat> animal shelter and it's just like what like what are you doing? Why wouldn't you have let the guy run who had the passion to do it? Is it seriously thirteen million dollars? Thirteen million dollars. Yeah, and and more I think now. Yeah. I put fourteen thousand in mine. <laughs> Actually, we just filed our campaign finance reports this week. We spent one hundred and four thousand dollars in the primary. You did, yes. Well, not his own money, and had four hundred dollars left over. <laughs> I, I asked him what he was going to do with that. <laughs> I think I had twenty five out of eight hundred twenty seven thousand or something. Well, so my, my my point though, Jim, is there was and as Abdul said, there was no passion from either of these two guys and it's going to take a lot of passion to fix the problems with this city it, it is going to take a lot of passion and and you know bill hudnut was such a large personality and and that personality really uh, and and his way of public speaking and his certainty and how he kind of addressed issues and, and was very personal with people and and uh uh whoever wins this election and, and uh it, they're going to have to really Pep it up a bunch, Abdul, because right now you don't see it. Although these two individuals aren't uh, high-energy individuals. And and uh, Jefferson Tree, bless his heart, is more of a mechanical, more of a business-like. And you're not going to get that in a debate. If, if, it's, if it's his personality, you're not going to get it in a debate. And you, see, and you would think that Joe uh, Hawks at the incumbent would, perf- would have performed a lot better in that type of environment, because you know Joe's got the they got the cadence. He went to went to you know school to kind of do some of this. Was was an attorney, et cetera, et cetera. But even Joe sort of underperformed. And so once again, if you're those undecided voters, I, I don't think the needle moved from that debate. Now mm-hmm. they so they have one more left. Yes, tonight. Tonight, tonight isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the big thing that came out of it, which is Phil Sanchez, one of the moderators, asked Joe Hogsett where he was during the riots. And it is Joe Hogshead gives the same kind of answer he's given now on multiple occasions. It's this very weird, meandering answer about, you know, non-specific people he was supposedly working with. And then he, he keeps citing this report that Hogshead's its administration uh, hired, you know, outside people to put together detailing what happened with the police during the riots. And he keeps saying, well, you know, it's in this report. It's in this report. Well, Adam Wren of Importantville obtained an email that was allegedly sent to the Shreve campaign from Debbie Daniels. Abdul, you know Debbie Daniels? You know yes. her? Mitch Daniels' sister? Uh-huh. Merritt, you know her? Absolutely. All right. She was a former U.S. attorney. She was a former assistant U.S. attorney general. You, I do not know her personally, but you two both do. Can you say she she is above reproach? She is no nonsense. She is, is a fantastically, if that's a word anymore, has integrity up to her eyeballs. Okay. And, uh, I, I believe everything that Deb Daniel says, and it, it's it's just a it's amazing. I, ever since the May primary on, this should have been the topic of discussion: is how we're going to keep the city safe in a large sense, and um, and 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 specifically when you're in a riot situation. I uh, Robert Abdul, I have not seen one idea out there and say this is what happened with the riot. This is how we're going to prevent it uh, from happening again. All right, so Debbie Daniels, according to Adam Renn of Importantville, sent an email to the Shreve campaign or members of the Shreve campaign. Debbie Daniels was one of the people who was commissioned by Hogsett to put together this report on the riots, and she said, quote, 
there is certainly no indication in the report that the mayor was engaged on Friday night and in contact with his people. The report is silent on that point, so it certainly doesn't exonerate him. Well, well so, so I mean, basically, she's saying she's not using this word, but she's saying Hogsett lied during the debate because there's nothing in my report that says where he was on Friday night. Well, it, 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 that's that's clear. And, and if you uh, go back to an I, uh, a, a um, volume of the IBJ in the forefront, which our friend Abdul writes in, uh, uh, Deb Daniels writes a, a editorial, an article op ed. Pretty much saying, you know what what happened with the with the riot. She was even, I think she was co chair of the commission, yeah. and there's not one word in there about the mayor being present. So, so Abdul, we're led to believe then one of two things: either Joe Hogs had never read the report that he commissioned, or he knows that there's nothing in there about where he was during the riots, and he lied on 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 Wish TV. I mean, these are the only two possible things, right? Because there's nothing in this report about where he was during the riots, and he's claiming this report totally basically says, oh, yeah, it was, I was here and I was there, and you can just read it in the report. Well, I, I will not say lie because I don't know what uh, an individual's motives are, but I will say that his public statements have been inconsistent with the facts at hand and he has yet to provide evidence to back up those assertions. Oh, my gosh. Boy, what did Alan you just say? Attorney. <laughs> hey, Ben Matlock, hello. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but uh, I like to think Ironside. Thank you very much. Uh, well, it, it, the whole idea here is when you're not present, you're not you're not there, and when you're not and and when you when a city or a government is in crisis, you want to see you want to see uh, the the leader. And when when Bill Hudnut was mayor, I'd see him at Pacer games, and when Pacers would have a rally, he'd be standing up with his handkerchief out of his pocket rolling it around and just be a part of the plan and be a part of um, the joy and the energy of Indianapolis. And that was absent right, during so the, the se- riots. The second part of this is Shreve, because you're on a debate stage. The number one issue you have in your back pocket is that it is well known the mayor, his whereabouts are unaccounted for. There's not a single solitary person in state government who has produced any evidence whatsoever that the mayor was actively engaged during the riots or can defi- provide, has provided definitive proof of where the mayor was during the riots. The answers Hogsett gives are totally ridiculous on this topic. So you know... This is the issue that should keep on giving to you because it it deals with violence. It deals with public safety. It deals with the inability to keep the city safe. It goes to Hogsett's personal character in some capacity. And yet Shreve gets the, 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 the pot of gold question and just lets him skate on it. It's just I watch it. I just go, what is wrong with you? You got the ball set up on a tee for you, and you go. Now nah, I'm not going to hit that ball. Now I, I will say this uh, in response to Shreve. I think there's a there's there's a there's a line you there's a line you walk that you don't want to cross because you don't have any proof or evidence of of where Joe was. But I but I do think you can sort of you can sort of jeopardize it and do it in the form of a question, like Mr. Mayor. You know, we had riots on Friday night. We had riots on Saturday night. Where were you? Where were you when blah blah was shot? Where were you when blah? You do it in the form of a question, and you bring it up. Yeah, he also did say in the debate that a, a mayor Shreve would either be at the command center or be visible in, in the in the city. So, you know, I, you're right. It should have been a, uh, more clear during that debate on what Jefferson would be doing during the riot and also posing the question to Joe as to how what his behavior was that night. 
he's more, he being Shreve, appeared more passionate about the animal issue and the grocery stores than he does violence in the city of Indianapolis. Well, violence is is number one. Uh, victims of violence is number two. Uh, and three is violence. And uh, it, 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 it is what is keeping the collar counties, the, the, the people that live outside the donut, outside of the donut, then coming down to a Pacer game or to event. People say it's busier down there. Down down uh, in Indianapolis or in Indianapolis, but um, a lot of my friends in Carmel won't come to the city. Abdul, you're a Marion County voter, correct? Yes. That's why you were eligible to run for mayor. <laughs> you haven't moved yet? Yeah. I haven't moved yet, no. Uh, Not Mar- moving. Mar- you're out of this equation now, right? You're no longer in the uh, in the soup down here. No, uh, but I'm, unless, I'm, I'm here with you. Unless it's Seattle, I ain't moving. <laughs> uh, so... I'd be curious because you're a person and your wife is the same way. If you wouldn't mind sharing, if you don't want to share, that's okay too. I think you'll be fine with this. You vote all over the map. You <laughs> vote. You vote a lot for Republicans, but you also are willing to vote for Libertarians. You've even voted for some Democrats, right? Yes, I'm a split ticket voter. Yeah. Okay. So, um, would you mind sharing your thought process on how you're going to vote and maybe what you know about your wife if you don't think she'd care in this mayor's race because you're the sort of people that ultimately kind of decide this thing. Um. Uh, I can tell you that I would more likely split my ticket. Matter of fact, I can tell you I have split my ticket. Then we just leave it at leave it at that, because um, I vote. I tend to vote early because I have no idea where I'm going to be on election day. So it's just easy just to go to city county building, get it done, and just yeah. be be done with it. My my wife, on the other hand, she will give it some thought. Uh, she will. Uh, I know she's going to vote for council member because it's called Black Girl Magic, and I don't argue with it. I just shut up and it's just called what Black Girl Magic. Oh. I just shut up and I just accept it and. Move on. These are so. I just like to clarify for our audience: there are certain things Abdul can say <laughs> that we would be fired for, and that, that I think that was just one of them. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> now, as far as the mayor's race goes, my wife is in that she's in that undecided column because number one, she's not crazy about Hogsett, but like we said, like we talked about in this program before, Jefferson has not sealed the deal yet, yeah. and so she's going to probably just walk to the voting booth and more likely make a decision after giving it some careful thought. That's a real indictment of Shreve, isn't it? Because your wife is the sort of person who is unhappy with the direction of the city and yet is still not, yeah, of course I'm voting for Shreve. How could I, you know, how could I not? I mean, that is, that is a, an indictment on his campaign. Well, you see, my, my wife is big on the emotional connections. Yeah. Cause that, that's just how she's, I know. that's how she's wired. Yeah. And if you cannot make that emotional connection, logic, reason, and rationale, are totally out the window. And you start by making that emotional connection by saying, I'm sorry, dear. <laughs> That's how you start making that emotional connection. Can I just say my favorite part of Statehouse Happenings has now become Jim Merritt taking his cellular <laughs> telephone out and either taking photos or videos of you while we're uh, recording Statehouse Happenings, and then they end up on the internet. Yes. <laughs> well, he's got a beautiful face. Oh, he does? Yeah. And, and you know, uh, can I hashtag that black? Black girl magic. <laughs> yes, you totally should, Barry. You're, you're a six-year white guy. Go right ahead, Jim. <laughs> I mean, you're not in public office anymore. So they, can't no, really, yeah. they can't really cancel you. Yeah, true. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love freedomfoodsindiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. Freedomfoodsindiana.com. All right, uh, Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Akib Shabazz, the program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Let's turn to the Statehouse. There are indeed things that are still 
going on at the state house, even though the session is not. Uh, I sound like they're they're, they're, they're what's called they're what's known as summer study committees, right? Yes. Now. right. Yesterday, uh, Senator Aaron Freeman, who chairs the Corrections and Criminal Code uh, Study Committee, oh. had an issue called com- Compassion release oh there was that? A, there was a bill that 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 passed the house that that uh, senator freeman did not hear as chairman of the criminal uh and courts committee but uh it's compassionate release where individuals who are uh who are uh going are terminal who are uh have aged out almost and and wouldn't hurt a flea out in society uh, they go before a judge for a compassionate release. They're not going to live very long. The state, it's on the state uh, dime. Uh, we are taking care of this individual, and it's harder to take care of someone that is incarcerated that is going, that is terminal in their in illness. And so it was a very good letting of of information. The American conservative uh, conservative union was there to speak. Faith and family. This is a conservative issue that. Hopefully we'll get a lot of a lot of um, attention next year. You know I'm big with Recycle Force. I really believe in transitional health care, and and you know summer study committees aren't usually effective, but this was a stepping. This was kind of a, a step towards having a, a a big conversation about Department of Correction and and jails around the the the, uh, uh, the state of Indiana, not where housing human beings and uh, and. And the the better we take care of a human being when they are incarcerated, the safer we are when they're not. And Dodd still has a thirty three percent recidive rate. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about this for a second. This wasn't where I was going to go, but Merritt hijacked the show, so I guess we're going to <laughs> uh, fine. It's fine. I totally sent you the things we wanted to talk about. Now they're Merritt. How about this one, Rob? But luckily, I'm a trained professional. Okay. Um, let's talk about the way we uh incarcerate punish you know whatever people in our society our criminal code to me still makes absolutely no sense and jim you were in the state house when this happened so maybe i'm indicting you i think i am indicting you but i'm gonna go ahead and do it because you hijacked the show (laughs) that criminal reform bill that greg sterwald and every time you would see greg sterwald uh a house rep from avon it would always be how hard for years how hard i'm working on this criminal reform bill and it seemed like the crux of what you guys did would say, well, these things we used to have to take care of at the state, that's a local issue now. Oh, is there funding for the local issue? That's a local issue right. now. Mistake. Am I wrong? Am I, yeah, no, you're it? exactly right. And it did, has not, what, was it six, level it's, six? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it was a mistake. And, and if you're going to do, I think at one time there were like 18 jails under construction yeah. in the 92 counties. All, and, all, and, and so let's talk about that for a second. This is the scheme and the scam part of this because then you guys got to send out mailers going, oh, look, we lowered this tax or we decreased spending on this. Well, no, you didn't. You just gave it to the locals who now have to raise the low it. Well, I don't even know if it's called low it anymore, local option income tax, mm-hmm. to pay for these jails so the taxes did go up. You guys just put the blame on somebody else. That's exactly right. And uh, we shoved it off to the locals without funding. And it may have looked made us look, the state government, look better but it just shifted the problem. Abdul? Yes. It is ridiculous that we continue to, at a local level, put people in jail for simple possession of like marijuana. That's just ridiculous, right? Actually, uh, what I have found out is is that uh, most prosecutors, uh, if it's just simple possession under a certain amount, 
you're, you're probably not going to go to jail. You're going to get a ticket. Usually, what happens is that the marijuana possession is part of a is part of a is part of a a, a charging scheme. And I don't mean scheme in the, in the negative sense of the word. Is you had a broken tail light, you had you had a unlicensed weapon, and you had marijuana because so uh, things pile up. Yeah, the things pile up. So so it's an additional charge. But usually these days, getting caught with marijuana possession is like running a stoplight or running a stop sign with no children around. Now. When you're dealing, that's a whole different ball of wax. But the but to what Mary and I are talking about, this whole way our justice system is set up makes no sense because you've got the state dissolving itself of responsibility on a whole bunch of things, and now oh, you local people better deal with this. How are we going to pay for this? Well, wish you the best. And actually, to to me, if you really want to do criminal justice reform, uh, also obviously it's it's the sentencing and incarceration. But it's also here's a thought: maybe we've made too many things a crime, and maybe yeah. we ought to look at the what we made a crime, and maybe not make it a crime anymore. Yeah, I, I think that's, <laughs> there, there there's a novel a, concept. Yeah, there ought to be a, a commission just on that, on on um, an efficiency study on on. Uh, yeah, because because what happens is it, you sort of nickel and dime your way into into longer sentences because mm-hmm. you know one session, some lawmaker will get a phone call. Hey, this person did blah, blah blah blah. This ought to be a crime. You're right. So now it went from a class, you know, six felony to a class five. Well, another lawmaker. Okay, next year this ought to be a crime. Is that how it works? These guys just get phone calls and go, Oh yeah, okay, cool, let's well, do that. I, I Is that how it works, the, I, Barrett? I wrote the uh, stalking law, yeah. and uh, and 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 that was a long process, but we were able to put into the uh, into the code specific. Uh, stalking and and if you have a weapon and you're stalking, you're in big big trouble. And so uh, that might that might have been duplicative, but we really felt as though that uh, it had to be in the code under that oh, moniker. Okay, so be honest, Barrett, because you're the lawmaker here. I'm always honest. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. That's why that's why <laughs> you're here. Um, how much of it is when these guys write these things, like Abdul talked about? Well, okay, I don't really totally understand this or maybe agree with this, but it gets Fred off my backside, and Fred is just an incessant caller, and maybe he's a county chairman or precinct committeeman, and I just don't want to deal with Fred anymore, so here you go, Fred. I think that happens some, I, I, but I also think that events happen uh, that that spur on the naming of a, of a bill, Aaron's Law. Uh, it was after Aaron Sims, a constituent who uh, died of an overdose. And so, you know, it, it just all depends on and, – and Aaron's mom was a constituent. Uh, but other times people are just filing bills because they saw somebody at Lincoln Day several uh, uh, several times, and, um, and, and they're taking care of a constituent. All right, let's transition to the final portion of our segment, which I tried to get to five minutes ago before <laughs> Merritt went on his own little tirade over there. I had to get my point uh, in. That's State House Happenings. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keeps Shabazz, Jim Merritt. So there was this tax commission. They met again. We've talked about them before on this show. I think these are the people where Luke Kenley got up and the uh, former state senator and said, look, if you want to help people um, – don't go with the income tax. Go with the reform the property taxes. Let's get property taxes back to the intention of the cap and what we, you know, initially tried to do. And and Suzanne Crouch obviously has put the income tax front and center. So there's a lot of talk about this. They had a group come before them at their most recent meeting, according to the Capitol Chronicle. This was the Institute on Taxation and Economic Pol- Economic Policy, and one of their people said essentially, if you do this income tax cut. You're going to really help the rich guy, and you're going to really screw the poor and kind of the middle class guy. Kind of seems like we keep hearing the same things from people from well, all walks of life. Well, that's only true 
if and there, there's a there's got to put an asterisk mark by that. That is true if you lower the income tax or eliminate the income tax, but keep it revenue neutral and raise the sales tax. Okay, so what they're saying is if it, if it is based upon not cutting the government, right? Yeah. Also, uh, it, it's based on the uh, that you're not replenishing anything. So, so yeah, I, I can see why they would come to that conclusion. And this is kind of a half baked issue uh, because. You know, uh, for many, many years, Republicans have said that we run efficient government. Huh. <laughs> and and but now some of us are saying we need to we need to cut these taxes and make government more efficient. You know, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Abdul, you obviously cover these guys on a daily basis. I still have no idea other than Crouch's plan to axe the tax with still no clarification on how she's going to pay for it. What any of these people's economic plans are. Have I missed something? Um. If somebody got some big plan, I, I think, the, I, think the, I think maybe the closest someone has come for for an economic plan uh, would be Eric Doden and his sort of uh, plan to sort of re reinvigorate or revitalize rural Indiana. Um, I don't think Braun's put out anything in detail. I know Curtis Hill hasn't. I don't think Brad Chambers has yet. Yeah, I don't. I have not seen anything. Isn't that weird? That I mean, we're not we're not in June anymore. It's it's we're almost done with October, which means January one. You guys are going to be front and center and running. But you see a lot of bio ads. You do, yeah. And uh, well, you see, but but just got to remember too, it's a, it's a natural progression of a campaign because if people don't know who you are, then how they're going to listen to your economic plan. So you got to spend time with, if you have low name ID. Mm -hmm. So do you think Suzanne Crouch has uh, sufficient name ID and in, in, in the eyes of her campaign to have that accent tax? I think I think she has I think she has enough to. Like, hey, well, there's there's Lieutenant Governor. What you talking about? Mm -hmm. I think she has enough to get attention. People may not necessarily know who she is, you know, in detail, mm -hmm. but I think she has enough to get attention. And then I think also her acts of tax proposal kind of maybe gets her that attention. Now, whether it's good or bad remains to be seen. Uh, is there any chance anything meaningful comes out of this task force? Because usually task force means either one of two things. Either something meaningful happens, like when the Daniels had the Kern and Shepherd thing, and then the lawmakers are like, ooh, that's going to make too many fractured constituencies mad, and we put it on a shelf and ignore it. Or something totally non-meaningful comes out of it, and the lawmakers go, well, we should do that to check a box to say we did something. Like, is anything going to – there's actually going to better people come out of this. I think I think it, it – it focuses the issue yeah on property taxes yeah i think it i think the uh, senator holman's committee uh on on taxes in general in the state of indiana is going to have an impact because it, we're getting to the shiny object we're getting to the issue at hand and um and these are building blocks there won't be anything next session other than maybe uh you know honing in on the message because we don't have a budget in the session next year in 2024, but in 2025, Senator Holman and crew will be ready with a with a, a package to, you know, look at uh, not look at but instigate and and solve something to um, reform property tax. Yeah, so that was my question. Is uh, like I have a buddy who's a realtor who's showing me there's a house that was appraised or the government has it at 180 thousand. It's listed. It's a fourteen hundred square foot vinyl village type home, and it's listed at two fifty nine. Let's say that thing sells for two fifty or two forty. That means everybody around him who's living deliberately in a there's nothing wrong with living in a vinyl village. I'm not condemning those people. I'm saying you expect a certain level of taxation, and you live in a house according to. Well, you could look at any house like that, and and it does blow apart 
the comparables, and yeah. that's what then that's what values and and values mean. So you know, you, property taxes. You're going to add potentially based because tax property taxes are based on comps. Mm-hmm. You're going to potentially mm-hmm. add three, four, five hundred dollars to everyone else's tax bill for something they didn't do. Not, right. uh, yeah, yes and no, because it's also remember it's also a rolling average of assessments as well. It's not like what your household, but but your neighbor's house sold for yesterday. Yeah, but they keep they keep going. I mean, it's not like we're getting rid of it's this up rather than down. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous level of. I, I agree with you, Abdul, but I'm just saying it's not like it's this thing where well, there was one house that sold. I mean, all of these houses keep selling for this. But if I don't want to move, why do I keep getting punished for being a good member of the neighborhood? Same things happening on Sanibel Island in Florida yeah. with with Ian uh, su- supply and demand and uh, property taxes are going through the roof right now. Because the values are incredible. People are selling lots for $4 million down there. All right. I want to make sure we have time to tell everybody. We've got 30 seconds left. Merritt, where can people find you? Jim underline Merritt and uh, Merritt in the morning and and twi- X. And, and we have uh, the founder of Sun King next week. That's exciting. Merritt in the morning. Merritt in the morning on, uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, YouTube, and then under Jim, as we always say, Jim underline Merritt on the Twitter. <laughs> Abdul, tell us about what you're working on these days. Uh, we're working uh, right now trying to get to the mayor's race because we got the debate this evening. Uh, no show this weekend because, once again, IU football uh, takes over at noon uh, on, sat- on Saturday. Uh, however, we are. We are I think for, I'd rather listen to you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for, <laughs> except for Indiana issues, uh, we actually do have that uh, tax hearing. Okay, very good. Uh, the one and only Abdul Gib Shabazz and Jim Merritt, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, Jim Merritt. The program Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Find Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. Abdul's on Twitter at A-T-T-Y Abdul, at A-T-T-Y Abdul. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall. For Jim Merritt. For Abdul Kim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.